they are, as the intro to all my praxis. Oh no! The discourse! Emma! Oh no! Cleo! Emma! Hello and welcome to Law My Praxis. This week we're speaking with Meme Machine, a doctor. Well, she will be by the time we get around to putting this podcast out. Idil Gallup, lecturer in new media and digital culture at the University of Amsterdam. Idil's work focuses on the highest form of artistic production, the meme, focusing on the relationships between digital labour and cultural production. Idil's research focuses on one key question. Can I have cheeseburger? In reality, she examines niche meme communities and considers the relation between meme productions, mutual aid and public intellectualism. She is the founder of the Meme Studies Network, hosted at the University of Edinburgh. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. So how much did we Yeah, how much did we butcher? No, that was not right. Oh, good, great. I love it because it's one of those things where whenever we we just spend the, the fifteen minutes before we get onto the podcast clawing the internet, um, trawling uh, for the good good content. Um, we do lots of research that includes reading everyone's publications, every single one of them. them. Do you remember when we did do that? The first few, those are the times. <laughs> well, I'm a bunch of losers. <laughs> um, so, uh, can I have cheeseburger? Uh, definitely, I think so. Excellent. Good. Good to know. <laughs> that, that that is going to be the level of questioning here like don't expect anything more intellectual than that Wait, I'm, um, I'm ready to give very definite answers good oh, good. good perfect that's what we want praxis first question then is what is a meme a meme is if we go by um like proto reply guy Richard Dawkins definition, <laughs> we probably say that it's a, a unit of culture that is shareable and that is, you know, um, yeah, that's shared from one person to another. He likens them to viruses, which I don't really like. Um, mm. But I like to see them as cultural templates that need that have to be shared by, you know, or have to be seen by at least one other person. So for a meme to be a meme, I think more than one person has to see it, more mm. than like, you know, the creator has to see it. Okay, so like if a meme falls in the woods and no one's around to see it, it's not a meme. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually perfect. <laughs> it loses all its kind of banter. Yeah, yeah. All its so meme culture is affect. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I don't really like that. <laughs> What would Walter Benjamin say about the meme? Oh, that it can be reproduced um, using technology or something. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad that's, that's, that's probably all I've read about him as well. Yeah. Um, I also want to ask about um, the issue with um, being viral because from a critical medical humanities perspective <laughs> can we claim that the meme and its virility virility virality because virility is like masculineness right virility is penile yeah penile a meme's penile no um from a critical humanities medical humanities perspective could we could we do a reading of the meme in this way or do you think it you said you didn't like that way of thinking about memes yeah i think um 
one of the big criticisms around seeing memes as viruses or seeing successful memes as viral memes is that it kind of um, de-emphasizes, you know, human agency. Uh, it assumes that memes can just reproduce themselves, um, mm. which is obviously incorrect. <laughs> so um, I also think that it's um, it's just... Um, I don't know. I think it's not a very helpful term for us to understand media or culture. It also ties back to some problematic aspects of like cultural Darwinism. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just maybe it's high time we kind of like uh, stop saying like viral memes or um, I don't know, like associate memes with uh, these I don't even so maybe we are. should say virile memes instead. Virile memes would be much better. I'm all for that. <laughs> then wouldn't memes be serving the patriarchy? Um, they already. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. But as you know, memes can sub- subvert mainstream uh, dominant um, media discourse. So maybe we could use it to uh, reclaim virility or something. Ooh, okay. What's your most, um, what do you think is the most subversive meme or meme culture? Like, I guess maybe that's a question, a secondary question to that. One, what is this most subversive meme? And then two, what is the difference between a singular meme and like, I don't know, a meme culture, a culture of a particular type of meme? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> Literally, like whenever I'm at a conference and someone of... says that, I'm like, oh, I feel so good about myself. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, this is something I've never thought about or <laughs> I'm trying to buy myself some time. But um, yeah, well, what was the first question again? subversive memes what's an example of a subversive meme Um, I mean there's two ways of looking at like subversion I guess it can be um, so for a really long time I think we had this idea that memes came from uh, the bottom you know they were the everyday talk of everyday people they were like bottom up technologies and now I think think we're seeing the subversion of that idea when uh, state actors use top-down memes so and mm. um, i think uh, for instance there was the uh what i think is is it the like ecuadorian like crypto bro president um <laughs> what's his name night like um bukele i think is his name mm-hmm. um he He's like a notorious, yeah, president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele. He's been really harnessing the power of memes for his own, um, yeah, like his own crypto empire. Um, I think what, you know, these state actors uh, have been doing with memes is definitely very subversive because we usually, when we think of subversion, we might usually think of, oh, you know, subverting something like, you know, patriarchal norms or mm. subverting, I don't know, um, yeah, like uh, like subverting Pepe or vice mm-hmm. versa. So I feel like it's maybe we need to be a little bit more um, conscious of the fact that there's a lot of, like, top-down um, like subversion happening. Some of mm. it not very succe- successful. Like, I don't know if you've seen the CIA bear meme, which is, like, really horrible. They, um, they, yeah. You need to Google this. Is like this complete shit show of of a, of a meme. Um, 
that it doesn't even like read as a meme it's like some sort of like nightmarish like creation out of some like bureaucrats like uh, imagination but um, um it was at the fbi or i think it was like the fbi bear oh the fbi yeah um, yeah um, sorry we're googling right now <laughs> I can't see it. It's not coming up. All I've got is pedo bear. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I've got the, the Pentagon Soviet bear. Oh, yes. That's the one. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a picture of a bear wearing a sort of very distinctly sort of Russian Soviet hat that's falling off. Um, and they've kind of tripped over and they've got a, like a, a, a sort of trick or treat pumpkin with um, sweeties called like Comrat. And uh, that's what the only one I can really read. Lolax or something. Don't 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 lie, Louise. You can't read any of them. I mean, no, I can't. But um, sometimes I can handle memes because there's not that much text. Um, but yeah, I I, I I I don't think that's really doing the job that it. What's, what's it supposed to do? Just just show Russia bad? Like yeah, Russia bad, US good. I guess also, you know they're also <laughs> subversing memes because it's so unfunny. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I, oh no, you go. No, it just it feels like for a meme to be successful, it needs to be either so dumb that it become that it comes back on itself. That it, it's so dumb, it's it becomes funny because that's being really, really dumb as an intellectual endeavor in itself. I mean, look at this podcast. Oh, um, and that, or that there's layers to it, and that's what makes it funny they're like the middle ground is where a meme does not work like when when it's like a simple like a to b it just doesn't doesn't work yeah it's when you see like the um yeah, that's sort of like uh, we can use memes for marketing. Have we ever? Yes, exactly. Oh my god, I, I was going to ask about that in terms of when you're talking about top-down meme power, which is a sentence I'm thrilled to have just said. Uh, <laughs> um, it was making me think of like corporate meme cultures and the kind of the way that you have like this like I don't know if you're scrolling on Twitter and you have those stupid like auto populated threads that get get pushed you'd be like you might find this interesting because it's tagged as funny and you like funny things um and it's like fucking wendy's is talking to burger king who's talking to kfc and then this like weird like shit banter loop but it's it's just i don't know like they're all yeah branter brand memes meme brands yeah i mean um if you've been are you on tiktok Courses. Okay. Well, you must, you must know um the Ryanair TikTok mm-hmm. page. I think yeah. they're doing very well um, mm-hmm. because everyone seems to really enjoy the fact that again they're like subverting our idea of Ryanair. Ryanair is like you know it's like cheap and shitty, and you're kind of like the funny part is that when you're buying a Ryanair ticket, you're accepting that you're going to have a shitty experience. It's cheap. <laughs> you're there. You, you have like, yeah, you have no like crazy expectations of it, but what they've done, which I think is like really remarkable is Ryanair apparently is famous for its hard landings. So now oh yeah, they've made basically a bunch of TikToks, which, um, you know, make fun of the Ryanair hard landing. And now people find it really funny 
And I was thinking, if you're on a Ryanair flight and you have like a particularly bad landing, you're going to think, oh, it's just like the TikTok. This is funny. You know, this mm -hmm. is what I expect. Instead of being mm -hmm. like, what the hell? This is like a really bad experience. So they've managed to like take like something so negative about their brand and make it like memeify it and make it almost like an inside joke that you can share with other customers. Like lol, we're shit and we know it. Yeah. <laughs> what does uh, what does Ryanair have in common with Liz Truss? They both hit the grind. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wonderful, amazing. Right on that note, let's political um, satire. It's finer. <laughs> when universities start using memes to get to the students. Let's not do the thing where we forget our own memes, our own. <laughs> our own form structure our own structure um so we uh obviously i don't know if you've listened to the podcast if you haven't shame on you um <laughs> but what we like to do is because we have no money and we can't afford rights to music we curate a theme tune using mm -hmm. a kazoo so um methodology like kazoo to, kazoo of methodology mm -hmm. so what we would like you to tell us is um what is the song and why is it related to your work and your methodology? Mm -hmm. okay. okay. All good? Okay, here we go. Did you choose great. like a soprano key? That was very know. high pitched for that song. <laughs> And again, <laughs> I, I, I was like, that was like never gonna give you up, but but on speed, but on speed, yeah. <laughs> like Rick Astley, <laughs> <Steve's from Healy. laughs> Helium Rick Astley, <laughs> Look, I'm just updating it for the youth, okay? <laughs> I've never heard of that song before. It's the first time I've ever heard of that song. <laughs> wow, you know what just happened? <laughs> You just got Rick rolled. Oh, <laughs> one of the OG. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, so so why is um, Rick Astley related to you? And your not, research, not in a familial way, but yeah, research. Yeah, it was like one of the first kind of yeah, like trolly meme moments of Web 2.0. You know, the height of the participatory internet where YouTube was a different sort of, you know, place. Um, and trolling, I think, was also very much like a shared rich, like a shared digital ritual. Um, and I guess it's related to my research because it's like the origins, you know, he's the OG. Not him, I guess, per se, but... <laughs> But no, I mean, he has kind of now, um, I think he was in like a recent, like in recent interviews or he did like a, an AMA on Reddit a while back. And like, I don't know, there's an interesting thing where because the because of the memification of his song, he's a bit like, I am fucking rolling in it. Like, the, <laughs> rolling in it. <laughs> Rick rolling in it. And literally, I think he even said that. Uh, <laughs> he, because the amount of times that his song is getting played, like it's just... 
you know, all the royalties are coming in and he's now just sort of like, at first I was irritated, but now I'm very thankful to be a meme. <laughs> I think, have you heard of another song by, I'm, I don't know any of, of his other songs. Oh, uh, Spandau Ballet, probably. I couldn't name them is right this, now. Louise. He wasn't Spandau Ballet, was he? I don't know. I'm pretty certain he wasn't. Um, I think he was just a solo artist. Like he had albums and stuff. And I, I know someone who is like a proper fan of Rick Astley. Um, <laughs> I just conflate them in my head. I'm so bad at knowing names and doing things. And Apparently, Together Forever is another Vicassi song. And Whenever You Need Somebody. I mean, he's also like, you can tell that he's like hitting those like mimetic, you know, like shared, like Together Forever, very basic. Again, like you were saying, <laughs> very simple. And mm -hmm. whenever you need some, it's like so simple. Like I feel like he was just building up to this moment for his entire career. So Rick Astley predicted memes. Ooh. Yeah, maybe he's mm -hmm. one of our like meme, meme priests. Or maybe I mean, is there something like chorus-like about a meme in terms of the repetition and the hook? It is. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, you know, I mean, I don't like Dawkins, but I guess he did coin the the term. So in his, like, work, he uh, mentions, um, like, memes that kind of become, um, that, ha that have, like, inherent within them these, like, inaccuracies, and then they get passed on with mm -hmm. those inaccuracies. And he mentions songs, I think. Um, yeah, he mentioned some like Christmas song or like yeah, religious song that's usually just repeated with this one like particular, you know, inaccuracy. So, yeah, and he talks about like the God meme as well, which is like the most important meme that we share. So, it's like the idea. Mm. Of oh, was it like God is a meme? Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. But oh, you know, he's a it. fervent that's atheist, so he's. Kind of yeah, that's that's God. the most Dawkins things I've, I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> He's God like, God is a meme. meme. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I was just like so impressed by your kazoo skills. Thank you. So, Don't tell her that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to hear another song or maybe five more. I mean, there was another option. Which oh, should, should I give it a go? I think, I think we should give the other option a go. See what you make of this one. I can't remember it. That's that's as close as I'm gonna get. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah, frog. Yeah. The yes. crazy frog. I love crazy frog. Crazy frog is coming back. <laughs> is crazy frog coming back? I don't know. But or do you I'm, want I'm it to? So hard to bring it back. So I'm also trying to bring the word swag back, but I don't know. Oh yeah. Mm. Ooh, mm. You know what really helps Etch. is is using it in lectures in front of mm. youth. I love mm. that. So <laughs> the youth love it when you, uh, you know, how do fellow kids <laughs> love it? Absolutely love it. What did you bring up in the lecture recently, Alex? Oh no, Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> We're obsessed with this stupid meme that is just circulating on TikTok and quite a small TikTok community where they're taking the piss out of um, H2O Just Add Water, which is a kids' TV program. <laughs> this about Australian mermaids. one about mermaids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just these people just screaming, oh no, Cleo! And we were obsessed with it. Yeah, have you yeah, seen the, uh, you know how they say nar? Like, no. Nar, yeah. Being Australian and you eat 
you eat your vows. Yeah, and I was like, that makes so much sense because it does sound like you're like, you you've had a, like a bite of I don't know like a like a gulp of boba tea or something and trying to <laughs> swallow it down. I Do we think Australian accents are memes? Oh, sorry. Oh, um, I, I mean, are, are, you know, to what extent are accents memes? Mm. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, really. <laughs> but I guess it's like we could call it like a vernacular. I guess that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you know if we think about certain dialogues and certain sort of cultures, it's seen as cool. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I didn't know where I was going with that, so <laughs> oh, I just decided to do this stupid voice. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, we, do, we do have some questions. Um, uh, we also no no do do the one that we we always forget to ask about. Oh. Um, your Tinder bio. My Tinder bio. Oh, yes, we asked you for an academic Tinder bio, and we will decide whether we will swipe left or right on your bio. Okay, um, my academic Tinder bio is: Idil is a secular pontifex of memes and an enjoyer of discourse. Techno pagan is the term. I like that because it's got lots of words that sound nice together. <laughs> it's got lots of words that I can definitely spell. I can. <laughs> no, no, no. And I also like the nod to um, the Pontifex. Um, as a Catholic, I, I enjoy this. Um, I, feel I don't like... know what a Pontifex is. What's a Pontifex? Oh. Ah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know. Is meme culture a form of transubstantiation? <laughs> oh. Definitely an effective transubstantiation of constitutions. Technology. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So we've already spoken about religion as a big meme. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoy that aspect of this. And I also like, I like the paradox of techno-pagan. I don't yeah. know what you think, Alex. No, I like techno pagan a lot. Um, it makes me think of like I don't know, people having a rave at um, what's the place with the big rocks? Stonehenge. <laughs> Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> that place with the big rocks. Oh I'm my so god! So tired. <laughs> <laughs> but just like I've got this idea of people who've got glow sticks um, and like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're posting it on TikTok. And then they're posting it on TikTok, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, didn't we get that weird techno-pagan of the Queen being projected onto all the different stones of Stonehenge? Oh. That was great. Um, um, yeah, was the techno-pagan stuff, that's from, like, um, do you, have you seen uh, Buffy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, sorry. Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> have we seen Buffy? Excuse me. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but, like, I mean... How old Louise is a lesbian are. because of Buffy. <laughs> Some, uh, more X Files, actually. But yeah. 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 And it's from like X Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's this whole, like, in the 90s with all these, like, kind of like, like, uh, pop esoteric, pop occulty shows. They're always, like, mentioning things like techno pagan and how uh, there's, like, techno pagan hackers that are trying to take over mm. the world. And I was like, that's who I want to be. I want to be a <laughs> hacker, 
but I have no computational skills. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because it was always like, just use your magic. Why, why are you still searching on the shitty search engine that's, that's you know, pre-Google? Yeah. Um, yeah, was it, um, what's, what's the name of um, Jen, Giles' love interest? Jenny? Um, mm. the computer teacher and like the whole sort of like I love that episode where she like downloads a virus that's a demon oh my god <laughs> there's this floppy disk like behind yeah yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the whole plot <laughs> it's on the floppy disk <laughs> let's be honest it's just an, a modern updating of like the letter lost in transit from Romeo and Juliet come on mm. I mean mm-hmm. it was so scary though like I remember in the kind of uh like mid 2000s that um I always I kind of almost feel like I believed that things I would download would be like could have some sort of occult or like I don't know like satanic power to them. I feel like that kind of part of the internet's almost gone today where we mm. don't have any sort of mystery left and I don't know cuz I remember I, I used to um like download a lot of like shit and um LimeWire. Uh, oh yeah, LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Ruining the family PC like that was me. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what happened like me trying to download like obscure I don't know my chemical romance songs. <laughs> so obscure. Oh yeah, obscure. <laughs> everyone who was into my chemical romance at the time considered them obscure and everyone else like this huge mainstream emo band, yeah. <laughs> I love that though, the idea of like first the... The album though, the first album um, was... Oh, before it was cool, oh, right. Was yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the idea though that the um, the internet has lost its aura. Yeah, <laughs> to go back to the only Benjamin I've ever read. Yeah. I also um, love the fact that like the dark web is like, what is it, 97% of the internet is just like boring shit that supports like any form that you fill in for anything. Mm-hmm. Like... It's not like this mysterious, like, oh, 97% of the internet is bad. Like, the dark web is, well, there is some stuff on the dark web, but web, but most of it is extremely boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Boring. Have you, do you access the dark web? Um, no, never. No? Never. <laughs> more, more, more the dank web. The dank oh. web. When your comment, not a question, is a monologue about your own work. Yeah, what constitutes a dank meme? Um, I feel like the the word dank is a little bit outdated. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, we know. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to. I just wanted to let you know that you're not cool and that actually dank is perhaps um, problematic as a Probably extremely problematic now related (laughs) to Pepe the Frog, but it's fine. (laughs) We know what we're doing. (laughs) For for people who don't know, because let's be honest, we have a lot of academics who listen to this podcast. And my mother. And Louisa's mother. Um, What is Pepe the Frog and why should we be terrified of Pepe's? Um, So Pepe the Frog was... uh, like originally an innocent character an innocent frog an innocent and very cute um frog just a little guy who just wanted to hang out and <laughs> and be chill with his friends originally um it was a character created by matt matt fury a comic artist and he used to 
um, draw these like little comics about just a group of friends hanging out. And one of them was this like lovely little frog called Pepe. He used to upload them on Facebook and the comic, I think the comic series is called Boys Club. Um, and then there was this one scene in which uh, Pepe is kind of, uh, I think it's like, I don't know, he must be like stoned or something and he's in the bathroom. Is He's like um, peeing, but his, you know, boxers and his trousers are all the way like by his ankles. And then he just says, feels good, man. And that kind of was screenshot and made popular on on various, I guess, early Web 2.0 social media platforms. But then it kind of made its way onto, I don't want to say the darker, but like let's say like the more antagonistic corners of the internet and was kind of reappropriated for any sort of horrible thing you can imagine. So he became kind of, kind of like a faceless mimetic character mm. that uh, was put into these like horrible situations um, was used to yeah all sorts of like really horrible jokes um, especially on 4chan mm-hmm. which is uh, if you don't know what 4chan is it's a an anonymous um, it's it's a place where you can access these things these image boards which are forums um, that are anonymous and aren't archived, so it kind of motivates a sort of conversational volley style in which whoever creates the most horrific or the most shocking or the most kind of antagonistic meme gets to stay on the top. Um, hmm. You know, so it's like kind of like a rating system. So it got onto this um, website, and then it just became worse and worse and worse until I think it was like 2015-ish when a bunch of people on 4chan got together and decided to use Pepe and the image of the frog as a sort of um, almost like a, yeah, like a ritual character. And they just, then it became, you know, associated with Trump and Trump's election. These people on 4chan, um, believe that they had actually helped Trump come into power with their memes and with Pepe um, and there's actually like podcasts you can listen to where they explain how they're like their logic or their rationale and they have all this like real really like strange kind of um, like a strange mythology that they've created they say that there's like these frog characters that they found in like ancient yeah. Egyptian mythology so, and that like yeah Pepe, you know, Pepe was foretold is, um, part of that yes. sort of frog cult yeah so it was deep. Wow, I had no um, idea yes the coming really, of Pepe exactly, that's what they were saying Wow. Yeah. I feel so sad from yeah. your description of him as like I'm, a nice I'm guy. I'm kind of a little bit obsessed by the like, idea about ritualism and Jesus. mythology. Like oh. That's coming up more than I expected like, in a conversation about memes. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk any more about those sorts of, I don't know, what do we call that? The mythic, the sort of mm-hmm. pagan, as we're saying, but that, that, that kind of ritualistic element to it. Mythic. Yeah. Um, I 
Yeah, I definitely, I think it's quite interesting because we've got lots of, you know, people like symbols and symbolism. And Mm -hmm. in meme culture, there is a lot of symbolism that happens. I think it's also with like certain symbols, we also create like certain like symbols as a society or as as communities. And then we, we deify them, we impart them with some sort of, you know, some sort of, I don't know, we believe that they might hold a sort of ritual power or power over, you know, what might happen to us in the future or a reflection of our current you know, state of being. And I think that is definitely that sort of like very like human instinct is like reconstructed in um, meme culture on the Internet. I mean, I was just... Um, um, I was like looking at some, uh, like theatrical traditions in Hellenic times in which they have this, you know, reconstruction of comedic or tragic comedic, um, uh, mundane reality. So they take on things that are, that happen to all of us that are like tragic, but also like kind of funny in a sad way. And they reconstruct it through, through theater and it provides a sense of like societal catharsis, um, mm-hmm. to the people watching it, but also, um, the people performing it and the fact that there's just even a performance of something like this. I think memes also, they also fulfill that sort of um, cathartic role for us. No, so I, I kind of want to, I find that interesting, particularly the idea of um, memes having this kind of almost related to sort of like an epic theatre style mm. production or kind of, again, going back to the idea of like choral, um, the kind mm. of the, the choral function of a meme rather than it being viral, perhaps it's something more um, repetitious and, and involving a, a community. Um, just to make it sound super cool. I think there's something there as well about scale because Mm. like it's, you know, a tiny thing that you share around but it has massive implications. There's a weird kind of dissonance like between shareability and actually the product itself. I love it because like we've joked a lot on this podcast and in real life um, about memes being the poetry of late capitalism. Some of us said it in lectures because they got what carried away. Are... <laughs> but what if memes are epic theatre? <gasps> One singular sensation Every little step she takes The chorus line could be conceived as the original meme. I mean, especially with, like, uh, TikTok, I think. Yeah, so I'm currently stuck on um, Miami Boys Choir TikTok. Which is just, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what it's talking about. So I think there have been screenings of this random concert from this kind of boys, this Orthodox Jew boys choir. And it's such a bop, but it's like from 2007, it's all got like, I don't know, the, the shiniest shirts ever. And yeah, I mean, if you're not on Miami Boys TikTok, where are you?
Are there any like TikTok trends that you got like completely stuck on when you're like, why is the algorithm giving this to me? I was stuck for like a couple of weeks on like Alabama Rush TikTok for like soror- for sorority, <laughs> like. And half the comments were like, why am I here? And I was like, why am I here? Is there anything you can stuck on? Top from Sheen. Oh. Top from Sheen? Top from Zara. I've been stuck on this. I don't know what any of this is. Oh, it's so good. Right, it's better. <laughs> it's amazing. I really like this one, like, TikTok trend where it's like, do you know this guy who just does, like, really bad covers of, like, Lana Del Rey songs? No. <laughs> no but it sounds amazing and then they just like they kind of like they like screen record his like covers and then they put him in like a sort of like i don't know like a very girly room with i don't like echo falls kind of um, oh yes love it great yeah with wine and then like netflix and like um body butter and you know the like some incense and it's like me at 3 a.m in the morning and it's just this he they also like photoshop like a towel on his head like (laughs) he's doing like his like little like 3 a.m manic self-care routine (laughs) like if you know if you know that like you know exactly what i'm talking about I mean, is this is this one of the things though about meme cultures in terms of because I I know that to try and bring it a little bit more to the research that mm. you've done, right? The idea of like niche meme communities because like I, I think for people who and I'm just speaking incredibly broadly here, when you think of memes, you think of the super like the popular ones, the ones that you probably know really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there something like what is then the relationship of these like niche meme worlds? I don't know. What is it? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's really well fra- framed really well framed right. i think the reason you know i'll like just say um why i was interested in these um communities and it was because even though they were so i was interested in them because they were reflecting a very sort of um niche experience mainly this was about um being like a young Know, feminist coming to terms with existing on social media platforms and also hating the fact that these platforms are con- kind of controlled by these um, faceless assholes. Yeah, faceless assholes, faceless like horrible companies that you know have a stake in in kind of antagonizing civil discourse and have a have a stake in, you know, um, steering elections around the world. And at times, if you start, you know, making money off of social media platforms or being a content creator, and if you're like a feminist or you have any sort of, a sort of like ideological consciousness, it becomes a very difficult, tense place to be. And I found that this niche, you know, experience of having that, oh, I want to be online, I want to create mm-hmm. content, so to speak. But I also hate that I'm online and I hate that I'm making money off of this. Mm-hmm. And then I found these people who are making lots of really interesting memes about this, like, ideological tension that, again, like you said, like uh, it really describes kind of late capitalism well. And I saw that these niche experiences still had a lot of resonance across different geographies. 
And these people that I spoke to, they had, you know, anywhere from 5,000 to like 100,000 followers, meaning they were niche, but there, you know, it wasn't like viral, common Mm. denominator memes, but, you know, um, they were still making something that spoke to a bunch of people, mostly women and queer folk, Mm -hmm. you know, people who come from certain minoritized or marginalized communities who understand what it feels like to exist between two worlds and feel that tension so So very much like memes from below yeah memes from below but like again like very niche you know you understand Mm -hmm. that i understand it but it's like this sort of also like hyper intellectualized Mm -hmm. you know um community of like terminally online people (laughs) love it yeah and I thought it was interesting to look at them because there's also this problem of again it comes back to probably like virality in which when we look at virality and um like numerical success we're taking on platform ideology as well we're buying into that Mm. sort of way of seeing culture Mm. so that was kind of my way of saying, oh, um, research about memes doesn't only have to be about viral memes. It can be about, you know, smaller communities that have mm. that have a like a community belonging or a sense of community, and they um, they're aspiring towards other things than just going viral. Um, can you can you give us an example of what that kind of meme would look like? Because obviously, like again, the things that I know of as memes are the really obvious classic ones basic Mm -hmm. basic bitch memes um what is a more niche from below meme um so maybe one of my favorite kind of accounts that really describe that is on instagram there's someone called jin kazama so d j i n n underscore k a z a m a and they make a lot of really interesting memes about um, they also utilize a lot of like grotesque aesthetics. So um, aesthetics that might seem like hypersaturated or low res, you know, what's called internet ugly and in actually an article that was published in like 2014. And they use a juxtap, you know, we love using the words juxtaposition or juxtapose it. Um, they juxtapose this sort of like grotesque, aesthetics with um, captions or ideas around uh, things like trying to perform femininity online trying to understand yourself as a woman online when the internet is like such obviously like a reflection of like the misogynistic um, world Mm -hmm. that we live in so um, that is like one example I can give and maybe you know, I'm also thinking I cannot give you like an example of like a meme template because mm-hmm. these niche memes are also, they rarely follow. Well, if they follow like viral meme templates, they usually do something different that like kind of puts them outside of that viral meme template. Mm-hmm. And one of my kind of um, takeaways from my research was that these people that I interviewed, they're more like artists because they have a specific meme making style. So they can mm. you can actually follow their work like you would the like 
of of writers, of sculptors, of um, I don't know, like um, poets. So they're mm-hmm. like true, like multimedia artists. And sometimes at this point, if I see a meme from any of my participants, I know it belongs to them because they have their mm-hmm. own own style. So yes, it's quite pathetic. interesting in that Ooh. in that way, quite artistic, I'd say. So is that then where your research into sort of like the digital labor side of it goes into? Because if you're huh. if you're suggesting that memes aren't just these kind of like going back to the very beginning when you're um, with the the ditching of Dawkins, which I love because you know, let's be honest, it's an irritating <laughs> prick. Um, <laughs> um, but the the idea that virality, 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 yeah, viralness. Thanks, Louise. Virality, um, viralness not only erases human agency but also erases human labor. The labor that goes gets involved in the production and making of memes. So if you're thinking of them as artworks or as as cultural objects. Is that is that then where this kind of digital labor context comes in? Santa Claus we never see. Santa Claus, what's that? Who's he? No one cares for you, us, me. A fractionally paid ECR. It's a hard life. Yeah, actually, you put that very well because I didn't even think of like putting it in that way. So <laughs> I might steal. You're that welcome. Line. You can cite me. Oh. Citations are just memes of academia. Well, now we cite <laughs> podcasts as well. I think um, I've cited a podcast in my face. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, Louise yeah. cites this in every every talk she gives. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just got into the point of like, like when I went to this conference in the US, Alex, Alex messaged me being like, you're not there to showcase your scholarship. You are there to get more fans for Low My Praxis. And so I've, just, I've just ended up just using it in most of my bios, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, fine. You're there to get your like, um, what's it called? Like your um, mattress ads. You're there to get your like... Blue Apron uh, sponsorship. Yes. One day we will be, um, you know, promoting Better Help and HelloFresh, and it's going to be amazing. Like, can't wait for that discourse. Like, I don't understand why we haven't been contacted already. I mean, this is this is a very it makes unique podcast experience. Yeah. Well, if you were to get like, what would you? What would be like your dream sponsorship? Ooh. Oh my god! Someone asking us a question. I don't like this. <laughs> Stop <laughs> subverting our mean format. Yeah. Oh my god! Calm <laughs> down. Um, uh, I would love to be sponsored by Routledge. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, or like the Welcome Trust or something. The Welcome Trust. The Welcome, yeah, the welcome Trust. Um, we, uh, you know, yeah. need to sponsor us. Um, <laughs> by sponsor, I mean. Please fund us. Yeah, please give me a job. <laughs> At least fund my job. <laughs> um, what can I say except you're welcome? The many funded projects in the field of medical humanities. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I was wondering whether we could just play a quick game in the minutes that we have. Oh, yeah. So. I was wondering if we give you some memes, if you could tell us whether it's, you know, absolutely fresh, um, whether it's evergreen or whether it's cancelled, oh like God. whether it's passe. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've come for a little selection we've got here. So the first one, man with butterfly, evergreen or done? Done. Done? 
done. Oh, we like that one. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it done? Um, I've just seen it too many times. These are very personal, so I don't know which cap to wear. Like, if I should be like my terminally online self, like my hater hater self or please be your hater self be your own i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm born to be a hater so like this i'm just gonna be like done cancelled over (laughs) okay Okay. Uh, do you want to do one um thinking fry fry as in like fry from futurama oh the one where he's like squinting and thinking oh this is pretty old school that's like pretty like image macro like meme generator Mm -hmm. i mean i kind of ironically maybe they're not done (laughs) yeah so i think it's done because i once saw um the institution that we did our phds at using it and we were like Cancelled. No. Cancelled. I think it's it, like, again, like when 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 a meme becomes the format of not just top down power but marketing. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that. Okay. Um, um, how about Bernie Sanders? I'm once again asking you. Done. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's like Bernie Sanders is done as well. Like he's lost mm. his <laughs> relevancy. I'm sorry. Yes, I think he probably had some like good ideas or mm. something i don't know i'm not american so. <laughs> you probably have some good ideas or something <laughs> i love it until you um, look at the gun laws for his state and you're like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um what about the seemingly evergreen meme the twitter meme that is plums in the icebox oh plums in the icebox. No clue oh my gosh <gasps> you don't know the the william carlos williams poem that is forever being touted on twitter in weird, okay. weird ways. It's, I, I think, to be fair, it's a sort Maybe of, this is a niche for us. Kind of absolutely, you know, idiot um, literary scholars think is just the funniest <laughs> thing they've ever seen in their life. But basically, it's, it's people using the format of um, uh, just to say, which is the, um, I've eaten the plums that were in the icebox, so cold and so refreshing or whatever it is. So, sweet, so delicious. So sweet. Um, but people kind of, rejigging that to talk about I don't know Liz Truss or something and it's just absolute peak of uh of meme of meme culture from a literary scholar point of view it's, 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 like, it just shows that you know when when someone like when there's like let's say there's like yeah like three people two people know the meme and then the other person has no idea what it is it's so <laughs> awkward that's like the other part of memes isn't it like when it's like such an inside joke that when you try to explain memes, it just becomes the other person becomes more and more and more confused until they Google it. Which yeah. in, case, in this case, I have Googled it and now I understand a little mm. bit. <laughs> a little bit. And you're just sort of like, it's shit. It's cancelled. <laughs> I love those like really situational memes. Like the day of the um, 30 to 50 feral hogs on Twitter. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Can we call these like flash memes? Like I love it when you yeah, have like, sometimes so you log, so again, obviously it's very clear. I only go on Twitter. I do have Instagram, but I don't meme really temporalities. use it. Meme temporalities. Yeah, meme temporalities. Like sometimes you wake up and after 24 hours, the entire internet or so it would seem is like laughing about something and you are not part of the joke and you have to go through all these fucking threads to find out what the original stupid thing was. Mm-hmm. Um 
And yeah, and then it's done in 24 hours. It's amazing. I love those things because it's like you have to be there, sort of thing, right? Like, yeah, like the Adam Levine sexting. Like that's that's gone now. But my God, did we enjoy that? Did you see like there was the peak of it, and I was like, I saw this like one Adam Levine meme, and I was like, that's over because no one can like surpass the genius of this meme. Yes. Do you know the um? What's like Leah Michelle? Do you know that? I love Leah Michelle <laughs> discourse so much, and I think I'm I think I'm trying to explain this to you at length, like I as know, a non-theater person. <laughs> uh, no, no, it, you've you've explained it. I understand it now, and now I I, I, I get all the jokes about it. Oh, it's Michelle, so good. I can't read. Like, yeah. yeah. The benefits of this podcast is this um, musical theater person that was a leading glee, and it's this just long rumor. I mean. She's a horrible person. There's long-running rumor that she can't read, um, and it's it's just so stupid. And it's it's just going on this sort of meme sphere, like, and it's it's very funny um, for yeah, people like myself like, who Adam like Levine. memes and can't read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam Levine meme was fantastic. You know those like screenshots of just you know mm-hmm. they're just changing the screen holy shit yeah. holy sh- fucking shit yeah and in this case it was like a screenshot of adam levine sending a voice note to leah michelle <laughs> <laughs> the crossover like of two amazing amazing i love that because that that requires so much pre-knowledge right that is both the <laughs> leah michelle can't read community meets the adam levine sexting scandal together Oh wow! Yeah, and it's like, I feel like when you make a really, really good meme in those kind of like flash meme moments, mm-hmm. you make a meme that's so good it just kills the entire tr- like trend. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't like, yeah, can't help it. <laughs> I love it. Um, but I mean, I think I think I like this. I like I think I like the idea that we've we've coined the idea of a flash meme, yeah. a meme flash. flash. Ah! I mean. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for so long, but it's such a good, like, little, like, ne- neologism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's because I'm also thinking of flash players, which, which for me, again, is like an early form of, like, digital culture and, and stupid memes, like, um, yeah, the end of the world. Um, it's awesome. I love, like, flash games. Ebaum's world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's this one, uh, one game called Double Trouble. I don't know if you've ever played it. No. It's like, yeah, amazing flash game. Do you have a final question, Louise? That you want to um, go for? Let's see. Hmm. Maybe this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, final question. And... I mean, I'm, I'm a bit worried that it's a bit inane, but then, I've, then I'm thinking about the entire conversation we've had, so I think we're good. Um, <laughs> and, which is, if you could condense your research into just a single meme or the meme template that you would go to, what do you think it would look like and why? There was, I think maybe it would be the um, Return to Monkey meme template. And one moment while Louise and I quickly Google what the fuck that is. Return to Monkey meme. I'm playing Return to Monkey Island, but that's not the thing, is it? Okay. It's just I, this like, 
I think it really encapsulates this like tension we have with social media. Um, mm-hmm. It's just usually, um, it's just a picture of an orangutan usually, and it's like leave society, um, return. To oh monkey. yeah, reject humanity, return to monkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just really love those and. They don't really like completely relate to my, I think, the particulars of my research. But overall, I think it's just our constant like push and pull with technology for, you know, centuries and our, our, um, yeah, our nostalgia for the, for the past, even for like the internet's past. Um, I think it really captures that. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying really hard. <laughs> no, I like that. So that's the thing with memes, isn't it? Like you can't seem like you're trying too hard, and then it's shy. You have to make your labor invisible. Yeah, to an extent. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. That's why it's like the idea of ugly memes. The uglier the mm. meme, the funnier it is. It's because oh, I don't, I don't care. I also love the absurdity of like a, of, of, of a meme that is trying to get away from digital culture, <laughs> right? The idea of it's like, what, so this description on uh, meme.com or whatever is it, knowyourmeme.com, know your which I find incredibly helpful all the time, um, is that it's like a form of anarcho-primitivism in terms of returning to a status of like pre-digital culture, um, but through the format of a meme, which I find very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Paradox inherent in meme culture is important, right? Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That was my entire part. <laughs> Amazing, and we will end it there. No, I have one more question. You have one more question. Okay, a really on. important question. Mm. What is your opinion on the practice of sharing TikToks with someone, but not from TikTok, but from the Reddit thread that they found them on later? I feel attacked. I'm sorry. I'm no longer going to be recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Refusing to download TikTok. Look, it's called intertextuality, Louise. <laughs> Refusing to download TikTok and sending me Reddit links to TikToks. What is your opinion as a scholar of memes on this? <laughs> Should I leave the room? I feel like this is the way first. Yes, you should. That is fine. <laughs> but in reality, though, is there anything you want uh, our listeners to know about uh, we've, we'll put a link into the meme studies research network um, but if there's anything else that you've got coming up that you'd like to plug um, now's the time I don't think I don't know nothing <laughs> I'm trying to keep it chill these days it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I love it okay amazing keeping it chill keeping like it chill. OG Pepe <laughs> excellent amazing We've been Long My Praxis. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, a five-star output deserves five-star reviews. No reviewer two comments, please. Shout out to our biggest fan and most consistent listener, my mother, Faye. You can get in touch with us by emailing longmypraxis at gmail.com or finding us on Twitter at longmypraxis. Remember to tell your friends with apologies for a cross-posting. Bye.